Hey, welcome back everyone to The Mount Visit, and once again, thanks for tuning into the show. It's brought to you by our trusted partners over at All Star Sports. If you're looking to improve those mitt magic skills, get on over to their website and choose between their plethora of training mitts. Or, when the season kicks off and you're wanting to swag out, make sure you click on the Mix Lab link on their website and customize your gear to look like one of the pros. You can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to find new products or to watch live lab demos on Instagram Live Testing Tuesdays. All right, it's that time again. We are set and ready to take our mound visit here in the fourth inning of game number two. Make sure you have a pen and a notepad for this one. Our guest is a baseball junkie and loves to catch. Welcome back to game number two of the Mound Visit podcast. We are in the any number four, and it's time to head out to the mound. And waiting for us is arguably the most dynamic catcher in the big leagues. He is a four-year MLB vet for the Colorado Rockies, Tony Walters. Tony, how are you doing? Good. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us. There's a lot we want to dive into. Um, some of it, you know, we're going to talk about some catching stuff. And, and, and before we get to that, we always start off our guys with our rapid fire blocking drill. And um, what this is, if, if you've been listening to our show or what, we just try to use it as an icebreaker for you, for our viewership to, to get to know you a little bit more. So Chris is going to start off with us. And Chris, you want to go ahead and fire some questions over at Tony? Yeah, I got a few of them. So <clears throat> for one, now, you were an infielder when you were coming up. Who was your favorite? Who was your favorite big league player when you were younger? When I was younger, Cleo Green. I, I played shortstop. He played shortstop for the Padres. He started making all these awesome plays and everything, and he became my favorite player. And I would try to do plays like he did and everything, but definitely Cleo Green. Cool. Favorite yeah. visiting clubhouse in the minor leagues, not the major. Oh, minor leagues. Um, probably, uh, shoot, visiting, probably the Akron rubber ducks, Akron rubber ducks. So I got to ask you, was, was bat, what year, did, what year were you in? Did you come through there? Uh, 2014 and 15. Yeah. Okay. So was Batman still there in Akron? Yes. He is the man. Awesome. <laughs> yes. That's great. Yeah. Love that Batman guy. is just brother. There's so many, brother. so many characters that come oh, through. Oh, he is a character. Seven did he do his, his uh, did time. he do his little dance too? <laughs> yes. All the time. <laughs> oh, he was awesome. Tyler, I'll, 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 we'll have to show you some stuff on him later. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> That's just, he's one, one of the characters, one of the, uh, the mascots, but he was a human mascot, which is. Was he like a Myron exactly. Noodleman? Yeah, he helped he down better. the clubhouse too. Yeah, yeah okay. he was awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he was he was in the visiting clubhouse a lot. And he would just do all these dances. He had it scripted yeah. like Michael Jackson. Awesome. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, geez. Uh, all right, first base runner that you threw out. We all know your you, who your first hit was against, but who's oh, the first, first base, base runner you had? I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember that. I'm not sure. It was too fast. That was yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. All right, sorry. Catching sorry. coach, catching coach that you had that had the most influence on you. Catching coach, um, let's see, probably uh, Dave Wallace. He was my manager coming up in the minors. Uh, he really helped me with. Wally. Yeah, he is. He's awesome. I love that guy. All right, so Tyler, I got a couple more. 
Yeah, um, go ahead. Just hopefully, a, I, you already stole one of them, so. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll keep it simple. I'll, I'll just go with two. Um, current favorite video game, if you have one. Um, Rocket League, but I barely play video games. And the very last one, <clears throat> since right. we'll get into talking about throwing in your transfer a little bit later, uh, just want to know, when you were a kid, did you play hot potato? Did people literally take stuff out of the oven, throw it in your hands, and you had to get rid of it as quick as you could? No, never did. Never right. did. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good question. Really. So, Tony, I'm going to steal this now, and uh, cool. I'm going to ask you, what are some of the hobbies you enjoy outside of baseball? Uh, hobbies. I really like uh, going out hiking. Um, mountain biking, going on dog walks, um, kind of just being out in nature. I really enjoy it. It's relaxing. Definitely in the desert. I moved here about five, five years ago in, in Arizona, and uh, I definitely enjoy the nature out here and seeing all the different coyotes, and there's deer out there. There's just a lot of wildlife. I like seeing all that. What, uh, well, on top of that one, what, what is the best um, mountain to hike in Arizona? Um, for me, I think McDowell Mountain. It has so many different trails, and uh, my wife and I actually did it this whole off season. We made it a goal to do every trail on that mountain. We did, and uh, that was a cool, cool thing we did. So I definitely would suggest McDowell Mountain. Chris kind of alluded to the most influential catching coach in your career, but I want to know who's been the most influential person in your life. Ah, uh, person. Uh, and, and why, I guess. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think person wise I don't know I can't really name just one I just feel like my my family like growing up my grandparents my my mom and dad my sister they were a huge support system for me like they felt all in one you know they were always there for me going to all my games and we were kind of all in it together so it was kind of cool we had a good family unit together absolutely I love that that's awesome yeah and the last question that I have for you and we'll get rolling right into um talking about your career and and just some little different nuances of the position but what yeah. was what has been your best baseball memory thus far in your career no um I I think uh one memory that pops in my head is just uh finding out making the team for I came to the Rockies I got designated off the roster from the Indians went to I went to spring training I felt like everyone was a position player because every every um locker had bats in it and didn't it was a national league club so all pitchers they had bats too so i was like oh my gosh how am i gonna figure out who pitchers are who position players are i was like i'm screwed like i don't know what i'm doing and then i just like studied my butt off and yeah that but that i think biggest memory was making the club because i was just like oh well like suit it felt super quick but it was like a long spring training and it was just felt like accomplished a lot right there I guess going along with that answer, uh, did did somebody come to you? Was it uh, the manager? And, and I don't recall if, if Clint Hurdle was still the manager at the time or if it was Bud Black, but did they come to you? Or, or maybe it was Walt Weiss. I don't even recall, but you'll have to help me out with this one. Yeah. Who came to you and told you, hey, kid, you're on the big league club. You're on the roster. Yeah, it was uh, Walt Weiss was my manager. And they just, all the coaches were in the office. I was like, oh, I'm getting sent down. Everyone's getting sent down today. I'm like, okay, just getting ready. I already like kind of like packed my stuff. And all of a sudden, he said I made the team. I'm like, what? and yeah, it was crazy. I thought did I was you... going frick. I, I thought I was going to high A. I was like, oh, no. right, I'm <laughs> did, to high A. Did, <laughs> did you leave the clubhouse like the scene in Major League, like Willie Mays Hayes, and do the the oh. walkout? Were you? I was. Now was um, Colorado still in High Corbett? at that time uh, no no okay. they're here at salt river okay so i've been spoiled ever since i've been with the rockies it's yeah. a beautiful complex but um yeah i i first i was like okay i need to figure out who i'm calling first i called my wife and then called my family and then i just kind of we had time we already did our workout and we had time i just kind of moseyed around and worked out <laughs> took my time but it was cool it was cool okay. to, cool experience now, as, a, as a rookie as a rookie, did they give you like a special Hello Kitty backpack to wear all year, or was there any, <laughs> any little hazing? Uh, no, I just had to hold a lot of water and uh, make sure I always had water on me and keep everyone hydrated. <laughs> but 
yeah that was my that was my my uh my duties <laughs> well it's it's awesome to to hear that story and, and yeah of course congratulations to you Thanks. and your successes let's learn a little bit more about you again our, i think our viewership wants to get to know you a little bit more cool. so kind of walk us through just your journey through through baseball through baseball yeah i, I grew up in uh, vista california it's about 45 minutes uh, north of downtown san diego and grew up i think it was it felt like small town because everyone kind of knew each other went to the same schools and everything but um, big baseball town too. But we uh, went to Little League and played Little League Pony, then went to high school. And then when I was in high school, I was playing travel ball also. Um, but um, kind of, I committed to USD when I was a sophomore in high school. And uh, I was gonna go play for Rich Hill. And, uh, and then I got drafted in 2010 and I decided to play baseball and then I went from, I went that first year, I didn't play. I just went and uh, had a few at-bats and then kind of just took it easy. And then the next year I went to the New York Penn League. That was a short season team. Played the whole year there. And then I went to high. I went, I, I didn't go to low. I went to high, played in the Carolina League with the Zebulon uh, Mudcats. That was an awesome, that was a fun team to play for. And then uh, I like being right there by uh, Raleigh too. Was, I love North Carolina. That place yeah. is that place is great. I have uh, my host family from USA. They live in they live in North Carolina, and I love them. There, I keep in touch with them all the time. But if they're watching, hi, hey, what's up, Rob? What's up, <laughs> what's up to the cats? But um, yeah, so I went. Um, I played two years. I was playing infield still at that time. I was playing a shortstop mostly that first year, and then I went back to high that next year. I played short and second, and then the next year in um, North Carolina I, I was catching I started catching at the end of spring training so that I stayed in Arizona for a week caught for a week and then they sent me out to season just caught the whole year and that was awesome it was a fun year and then uh, then I went to double a the next year and then 2015 went to double a and then I had I got surgery on my knee and then the next year I got designated from the uh, from the roster got picked up by the Rockies made the big leagues so that was my kind of my path and my long go path. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to see this because one of our previous guests, Jan Gomes, came over from the, the Blue Jays and he was converted full time into a catcher. And, and you got drafted by the Indians and then eventually converted to catcher. What was that like? Um, had you caught before in high school? Um, had you, you know, when did you say, okay, I, I'm going to do this full time, or was it your choice, or was it a, a suggestion by the organization? Yeah, I. Uh, Who's the catching guy over there, too? Um, Sandy Alomar, kind of. I did most of my work with him. He was awesome, but a lot of guys helped out in the catching department. But um, yeah, I I was told uh, the same kind of thing. I I went to spring training. I was, and then uh, I got called in Tito's thing. I was going to get sent down. He he asked me if I ever caught asked me and I was like no I've never caught I only caught one game in high school he was like think about it and so I thought about it and then I told him let's do it let's try catching and then I'm not kidding that week goes by I start catching and then I get sent out but it was kind of a whirlwind just because you kind of dream of days when you're in the infield making a cool play in the ninth inning but now it's like you got to find those you're you have to learn how to like find those moments as a catcher now it's like you know you've always pretended of like making a cool play at short but I've never thought of making a cool like throw out at second as a catcher so it's kind of it was just a weird experience but after the first month of catching in the, the Carolina League I was like this this position is awesome what was that like yeah. with your <clears throat> what was the easiest part about catching when you first started and what was the the thing that was probably the most difficult for you I think uh the easiest thing was receiving. I think it, I treated it like kind of like infielding. Like if there's someone's going to throw a pick at you, you're like, you're kind of going, you're going down with the ball. So I kind of picked up on the receiving aspects, the blocking one. I, I was picking everything. They would throw a ball in there. I was trying to pick it. So I was like, I was picking them all. Like I was, I wasn't dropping anything, <laughs> but I wasn't blocking. So I had to really get into a routine of blocking a little bit, but I still pick a lot, but it's a bad habit. 
Um, but I, uh, I love blocking and I practice a lot at it. Very cool. What, what were, um, what were some of the biggest fears that you had going back behind the plate? Uh, throwing to second. I felt like I was like, no shot. I'm going to be able to throw it second. Cause I barely threw the ball to first when I was that short. I would just like get rid of it as quick as possible and throw it to first. So I didn't really, I didn't trust that I had an arm, but, um, I started getting the hang of it. I was like, Oh, it's like, it's like turning a double play at second. I just need to get the routine of making it feel like an infielder. And then I started doing, I was like, okay, I just got, I got treated as like, I'm turning a double play. So I know I've never made it harder than that. There's been a couple of tweaks with uh, my catching coach, Mike Redmond uh, with throwing. I have a little rhythm going down mm-hmm. as like it's thrown. If I see a guy go like as the pitches, I'm going down with my body. So it gives me a little rhythm to get back into my legs. So that's really the, the only thing we've kind of added to what I, I do like a little bit of a spring action yeah I've seen some <clears throat> we've watched videos obviously you know from you head on um and also side views too and there is see that little that little lean to create momentum i guess with the yeah. lower half um wh- one thing that i i do see with your with the transfer <clears throat> you know that's that's kind of that's my happy zone you know i, I could talk transfer for hours when you do it it's almost like I have to ask you this. Does you, do you think of actually bringing, when the ball hits your glove, are you bringing the ball to your hand or are you bringing your body around your glove? I'm bringing, I'm kind of or bringing just getting my, rid of it? no, I'm kind of like keeping my glove where it's at. I'm cle- I'm like catching it, but I'm deflecting it. It's coming right out. Like, so my, my hand better be ready to like get a good grip. So yeah, because like, I watched the one video and it was, it was a side view of you and the ball hits your glove, and literally the glove almost looked like it was frozen. And everything, it just kind of flipped over. Ball was in the hand. But what I noticed was the body um, got around the glove as quickly as possible. And like I said, yeah. you get one of the best releases, you know, in the game right now. It's very fun to watch. You know, the, like I, I tell the kids, or <laughs> you have to pretend like if you're with a younger kid, I'll always tell them, I say, but imagine that I took a baseball and I dipped it in gasoline. I just lit it on fire. I'm gonna throw the ball to you now, and you gotta you gotta catch it and get rid of it without burning your fingertips on. Yeah, and it's funny when they when the kids start to try to do this, um, you know they don't they're not worried about their mechanics. They're just trying to go fast. And that's the yeah. that's the funny thing. I, I've seen some of your throws where you jump out of there. And I'm like, what is this? And then all of a sudden the ball's out of your hand in less than a half a second. You know you still get the guys out. So it's um, you think just being an infielder helped you with that versus guys that have caught all their life yeah and at the same time I feel like I I remember I play catch like that you know I mean like I think the biggest thing is like it's a lifestyle when you're a catcher like when I started catching I didn't realize but I was like when I would play catch I was practicing like stopping the ball like kind of getting the rhythm because those are those are reps that you miss out if you don't practice them you know and so I really I try to practice it and I try to do different throws from different angles to know like, Hey, if I get this grip, like what does the ball do or where should I throw it? You know, get the feel of random grips, throw it different angles. Cause you're going to get picks where you don't want to come all the way up. Cause that's wasted motion. I want to throw it from there. So it's like, I try to practice different things just to be agile back there. What, what do you feel like is the type of mindset that you've had that has led to your success in throwing um, and, and the success in receiving just your ability to adapt to pitch to pitch, whether it is now you, you had referenced earlier that you were a picker. And now you've kind of put yourself in a position where you're one of the best blockers. You're just so athletic back there. What's, what's your mindset when you go back behind the plate? Like, is it, Hey, remain athletic and, and slow the game down as much as I can. And, see how this turns out and then just go with it or what are you thinking at that point I think you know when I go into a game like when I get the catcher's gear on I'm like I think I'm very I'm really on game plans I'm kind of focused on how the game's going how the guys are swinging like what the how the sink is going our pitch mix and everything so I'm kind of like involved in my head there but then I'm when I get on like if there's a man on first I'm like I'm throwing him throwing him out but I'm still thinking of the hitter of what we're doing with them. So it's like compartmentalizing what I'm thinking, making sure like 
once after I'm done with the sign, it's okay. Sole focus of that guy at first doesn't get to second. I block everything. I don't care how. I just I just do it. You know, it's a mentality of I I nothing's getting by me. That guy's not getting a second, and not being too quick because my my personality. I'm very I'm very ADHD. And I like, <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I'm throwing it so slow down to second, but it's actually quicker. So it's like knowing your mindset. Like if you're more of a slow twitch guy, you got you got to build yourself up. I have to slow myself down though down sometimes it's not that the game's fast it's just my mind needs to compartmentalize a little bit more so then I can like focus okay after my signs base runner blocking let's go turning it on let's go nothing's game by me I don't care if I block with my forearm or my neck you know it's just you do, you do it you know absolutely so yeah so let's uh let's let's dive into a little bit of the receiving stuff um yeah. we, we talk a lot about it a lot just because when we look at the entire economy of a game and over a span of 162 games obviously receiving trumps everything um you know i want to get your thoughts on a couple things first and foremost what are the actions that you're trying to do in terms of how you're presenting the pitch and the number two kind of roll that into how you train that or, or what you're doing to train to continuously be in the best position. I know we talked a little bit about timing before we got on this call, but go into, I guess, your move is or what you're trying to do in order to present the ball the best you can. Yeah, so I think my main focus, like when I go do my work, I focus like before I even walk in the cage is my breath and knowing, okay, being mindful of my breath, like that's my first priority. And then usually I'm just very focused on my timing of when I, when I go down and like, like as it comes off their fingertips, that's the time I go up a tick, just like I, my timings, my everything. And I use my breath to cheat. It's, I use my breath to actually cheat the system a little bit so I can kind of like with the machine, I, Oh, okay. That's where I need to be with my, okay. Like it's a little cheat. So it helps me. And then it uses my core the right way too. I can kind of relax to, tense you know it kind of helps me it just syncs everything up that is money i've never heard i've never yeah, heard i was gonna like say that. i've never heard that before people have different pre-pitch mechanisms that use and most of the time it's with the glove or the elbow or the the wrist you've never heard somebody say using their breath that is unbelievable yeah. just blow my glove down i need to blow my glove down like that's my timing unbelievable that is yeah crazy okay so um so you talked about some training stuff D prior to a game and, and obviously you're going to take a mental beat down as well as you're going to take a physical beat down but what are you doing to start out a game so you show up to, to blake street you walk in the doors you're at Coors field w what does your preparation look like prior to a game yeah usually i'll get the the lineup and then i'll go study that lineup look at the bench guys who would come in first, second, third, um, do my scouting, what I want to do with them, watch video. And then after that, I'll kind of prepare. Um, I'll have my report like on my chair. So I'll, I usually always go back and I'll sit down, look at it, and then I'll get with the starter and we'll sit on the couches, talk a little bit, go over game plan. And then we'll have another meeting after batting practice with the pitching coach and manager we all get to sit down on the pitching plan, what we're going to do, how we're going to attack certain guys, and then we go do the plan. And then we have to, we know that there's going to be adjustments of what the guy doesn't or does have that game. So, um, but yeah, we just go over everything and we go execute that game plan. Outside of, of attacking a lineup, you know, understanding the analytics to it, are you an analytical guy in terms of your metrics as far as now we've, we're able to grade receiving? Are you a guy that looks at that and says, okay, I, I need to get better at this cold zone. I need to get hot here. And, or taking an account for maybe the guy that's sitting behind you during that game. Like what's the umpire giving us? You know, are, yeah. you, are you trying to do a cross between those? Are you a numbers guy? Do you, do you look at that stuff or you just, you're a gamer? You just go out I there think, I think, uh, yeah, for me, I think um, I get every strike that's thrown by the, by the plate. You know, my mindset is like, I don't care if I'm set up over here and it's thrown two feet over here. I 
like that my job is to get that pitch so i can't let the distraction of i didn't get that pitch so it pisses me off no it's that's distracting me for that next pitch so i i just i focus on that pitch if i don't get it i'm gonna make it make it look better the next pitch so i just kind of work like that with my mind so so tony you know you see a lot of the different aspects of changing and i don't know how much you're watching of other guys but to take it for instance one of our previous guests mitch garver guy set up on 99.999% of the, the pitches on one knee. You're a guy that stays pretty true and traditional. I mean, you, from the video and the games that I've watched you catch, you're super athletic. Uh, you understand your body, and, but you'll drop to a knee. You won't necessarily, and maybe you do, and maybe I'm, you don't seem to me like you're a guy that sets up on a knee, uh, but you'll get to it so you can get underneath a pitch. Is there a reason maybe why you don't um well i i so i started catching i was watching roberto perez and young gomes so it's like i'm watching these guys and they make it look so easy getting to the knees and i want to make it feel like i'm playing infield back there and i started getting a wide stance i'm like this makes me feel like i'm taking a ground ball and so i really like what my wide stance makes me feel like because like you look at yawn he's like He's like a creepy crawler back there. But like, even if it's, even if it's like four feet over here, he can still make, make it look really good because, and there's like no body movement because his body doesn't really need to go anywhere. It's in a very strong position. It's in a deadlift position. So it's like, it makes you have a really good lower half. And I feel like it does less damage on your body for me. I don't know. I mean, I'm really comfortable in that, in that like position. So but some it looks weird sometimes. But at the same time, I feel like pitchers would like that funnel look of a body, you know, that's yeah. symmetrical. It's very symmetrical, so they can like throw through the body a little bit. But I don't know. I don't know if that's how pitchers pitchers think. Some guys do. But do you have those conversations with your pitchers to say, "Hey, hundred percent." Do you do you like how I'm setting up, or 100%. do you want to see something awesome? Hundred percent. You have to like. Your your job as a catcher is to help these pitchers get through games, and if that's how you're setting up the look of hey, I need I need you to be kind of turned towards me so I can like throw it through you or different little things. I'll I'll remember that. Like I have a Scott Ober on my team. He likes a really small target and be on the plaque, and so I my my stance changes from pitcher to pitcher. Very cool. Do you have any of your pitchers ever talking about hey? you know, when you set up, set up a little bit early or, you know, or you're setting up a little bit too late, you know, with the, with the way that the game is right now, there's a lot of late movement. There's, there's yeah. times guys will, will shift or, or make it, make a hitter aware that they're inside and then all of a sudden slide out in the middle of a delivery to go to the opposite side. Yeah. Have you ever, ever had any, any pitchers come up and say, Hey, can we, uh, you know, do you think you could move a little earlier, set up early so I can see that target or are they just locked into their zone to begin with? Yeah, I think there's there's been some guys that are like, hey, I need a bit sooner, and I totally get it, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, with the game how it is, there's you have to do some dummy moves, and you have to keep it very inconsistent to where you don't get any patterns. You're very methodical with your movement, like not always going right, left, or like going, you know, you have to be very different back there. You don't want to have patterns, so. That's another thing with catching you're you're thinking about constantly because if you're giving a pattern, they get it real quick, and then they can. There's that's different ways of finding out what's coming. Going into your off season, so after the end of each season, we had a former big leaguer on here named Gary Bennett. He caught 13 years in the big leagues, and we asked him the question about when you were going into the off season, what would your what would your off season training look like? And he said, you know, I I really stopped doing a whole lot of catching you know, I'd receive every once in a while but I'd always work yeah. on my my hitting for for you Tony tr- what does your off-season training look like um so it's usually mon- uh it's usually Monday Tuesday Wednesday off Thursday Friday and uh I usually have like an upper lower day off upper lower um, that's how I kind of do it. and we do a lot of med ball stuff on like Wednesday or on Tuesdays and then we do sprints on Mondays and then we do um plyo stuff on Thursdays and then probably another like sprint or something on Friday but that's how we kind of divvy it up but 
usually I, I'm constantly with my mentality, I'm constantly trying to like work out all the time. I'm, I'm always getting in there trying to get forms, thinking that's going to help me make the glove not move at all. But I'm trying to always get like a pumping. <laughs> How about from a, from a baseball um, perspective? Like, uh, are you, are you working? Are you doing a lot of catching in the off season? Are you uh, blocking a lot? Are you obviously working transfer work? What, what, what does your baseball um, off season look like as far as, you know, catching is concerned? Yeah, for catching, I think for me, uh, um, I play catch all the time. I play year round. Uh, when I take time off, my arm just hurts after. So I just play a little bit of catch. But whenever I'm playing catch, I'm practicing like my receiving. I feel like that really helps me. Um, I, uh, I start catching probably right around January, like right around New Year's. I'll start just getting into a receive, maybe do a little light blocking do some footwork, stuff like that. And then I'll start ramping it up hardcore probably that last week of January and then February it's on. So it's like it happens real quick. But right by then, the catching so many bullpens by then. So you're, you're just like two weeks in, you're like, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> arm program? Um, yeah, yeah. We, we, we have our own pro- – uh, Rockies have their own program that we all do. It's just Is it uh, like a combination of – you know, everybody, everyone does the weighted balls, it seems like, you know, for various reasons, different exercises, um, even the medicine balls, you know, what do, what do you, you guys, is it kind of a combination of everything or is it catered to the, you know, to the athlete, you know, versus yeah, the pitchers are going to do something different, different than the catcher? Yeah, I think it's different for everyone because not everyone throws weighted balls. Some guys just come on, uh, come up with bands, like, you know, I'm really big into just doing bands and stretching my my shoulders and my arms out uh, I've never did weighted balls um, I, I do weighted balls from like throwing in my glove to make my glove feel light and stuff like that but yeah not for like throwing about footballs you throw football yeah football I like throwing the football that's one thing I, I've been like picking up at the beginning of the off season. throw the football for a while it makes your arm feel good 100 percent the mechanics it's funny because the mechanics of a you're throwing a football or you're almost identical to where you want to be once your front foot lands so it's it's always interesting to see the guys on television when they get into their you know you, you see a, a camera view or, a, or look up something online and you see a, a quarterback that's always in that position you see the arm laying back you see the chest opened up you know and the hardest thing with a lot of the younger kids out there today when they're doing their throwing is you know the shoulders flying open their elbows dropping low and a lot of times you tell them, hey, throw a football a little bit, and their mechanics are completely different. You can get them to be more consistent. You know, it yeah. is a natural way of throwing. And, you know, shoot, I was, I was playing football, playing catch with my little guy today uh, before we got into some work. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's great to hear. You know, there's a, there's a ton of different things out there as far as for workouts. And, yeah. you know, the kids that listen, obviously, they're, they're always trying to, you know, what does this guy do? What does that guy do? Is this going to yeah. make me go quick or is this going to make me throw hard? Yeah, football definitely tightens you up, you know. I think when you start getting a rotational, you're just super length, lanky. You know, you're too too long behind or out front, you know. Tony, did you have any goals or anything that you were looking to accomplish um, prior to this, you know, this start of the season and everything? Do you – was there something that mechanically that you were trying to change, whether it was – at the plate or behind the plate? And then what are some of the goals that you have looking forward to when we get our season going here? Yeah, I, uh, you know, goals of mine, I always, you know, I always tell myself, I tell my wife this, all, I'm trying to get 1% better every day. And uh, I treat that with everything in baseball. And I feel like I've been working hard on my swing and I feel, I don't feel like it's the end result, but right now I feel good. And I just want to keep growing with my swing and, um, do my job for the team and just be able to do a lot of hit and runs and do a lot of team stuff. That's the kind of player I've always been, I feel like. And, you know, with catching, I just, I kind of want to um, bring back my angle a little bit. I feel like I've been very straight up the last couple of years to where I miss just like throwing my like right leg back and that's my stance. You know, I feel like my upper body doesn't move. It's just like I throw my, my back, you know, I, I most of my weights on my left side. So I kind of want a little more angle. 
I feel like it'll get me lower. It'll get me better to receive a little bit easier with my timing. But um, that that's about it. But to be honest, I felt really late last year on a lot of my timing. And I don't know if it was just I was having a hard time seeing the ball or whatnot. But I, I, my my goal this year was just be on time for every pitch, get every pitch. So. I want to talk a little bit about hitting now. We, we don't typically yep. do this because we focus a lot, a lot on the, the catching aspects yeah. of it. But uh, I guess the, the first thing I want to know, and this is probably jumping back into our rapid-fire blocking drill here, but uh, who's the toughest pitcher you've ever faced? Toughest pitcher? Dang, there's a lot of tough pitchers out there. <laughs> probably Chapman. I'm not kidding. Like that thing, you're like, oh, I can hit a fastball. And then you, you swing, you're like a foot under it. You're like, holy crud, what's going on? That guy, that guy throws a flame ball. Plus lefty and lefty too. I mean, that yeah. can't, be, can't be exactly yeah, the most comfortable thing. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, talk to us a little bit about kind of your approach um, in the game. So we talked about the preparation when it comes to attacking the lineup from the defensive side, or at least the pitching side and game calling side. But uh, talk to us a little bit about your approach, your mindset. Do you have a routine when, when you guys are out there for batting practice? Uh, what are you trying to do that day? Does it change day to day? Does it change? You know, it's like, hey, I got to, you know, I'm Tony, I got to do this certain thing yeah. during batting practice. What what does that look like for you? Yeah, I feel like uh, I've been spoiled being on the Rockies seeing, you know, Charlie and Nolan and Story and um, Daniel Murphy and Ionetta and um, Desmond, all these guys that have unbelievable routines and work ethics. And it's been cool because I can kind of pick little things from each one of them that I like and um, kind of make my own routine. I don't, I'm not one of those guys where you're like, oh, at two o'clock, he's right here all the time. But at the same time, I would say that I'm, I'm running around that locker room, like, uh, like a chicken with the head cut off. Like I'm like, I'm doing studying and I'm at a meeting and then I'll go to my locker, get my pants on, go catch a flat ground or something. If, or, and then I'll go to the cage and I'm running everywhere. But, um, I feel, I feel like I have a good routine after the art game plan meeting I have a really good routine from then on you know with doing my shower getting my stuff on making sure I have everything right game plan right talk to the starter go out there I have a really good routine with you know um with my uh, bullpen catcher that we do every time every game and uh yeah my stretching um is a part of that routine and everything but I think that's one thing that every player needs to find. It's just something where it's something's very consistent that you do every time. And it's a, it's a, it's a light switch, you know, you can turn it on and you can turn it off. Like that's for me, like that was the hardest thing of like learning. Like, no, you got to turn on, but you got to know when it's off too, because if it's always on, it runs out. So it's like, I got to turn it off. It's important to do that. So I got a, I got a quick question. You mentioned there, you know, going out and, and maybe catching a flat ground uh, for a pitcher. Now, is that is that more of a way for you to just get work in on your own, or is it to kind of be there for the pitcher, be that um, build up that trust, that relationship, and say, hey, you know, I know I'm starting tonight, but I'm still going to come out and I want to see what you're working on. Yeah, I think for me, it's a little bit of everything, like you said. Um, the main priority is going out and just hang out with those. It's mostly it's mostly um, for me, I I feel like the starters get the love a little bit and then the bullpen kind of are in their own world. So I feel like I use the opportunity just to go and see the bullpen and see how they're doing. Could maybe go see the starters bullpen a little bit, but yeah, it's that relationship and it's knowing, hey, what do they want to do? Like, what do they want to accomplish? So then when they get on the mound, I know exactly what they want to accomplish. So it's like just having that respect and that conversation and knowing hey like i'm on your same side and i'll you know it's we're, we're in it together so Do you ever find yourself going out if a, if a pitcher had a, a bad outing or a couple bad outings in a row would you ever go down there and say look i'm gonna i'm gonna catch the bullpen today yeah that that just happens naturally it's like you know it's like anyone, like if you're struggling with hitting, you know, like you got, you got both the hitting coaches, we're going to have 
a day where we'll go out in the field, have an early hitting, nice and easy. Let's get it all off. Let's get tired. Let's work. It's the same thing for pitching, you know. You're going to struggle in the game. So it's like knowing that routine too. Like, hey, sometimes if you're struggling, I've heard guys, hey, they'll take two or three days off of throwing and then just go back and then they'll feel like a brand new arm. They'll feel like refreshed, you know. But that's someone's routine, you know. Not everyone can do that. But it's knowing like, hey, you got to realize like this game's hard and you got to know like you're going to struggle. But what do you, when you're struggling, what's that routine going to get you out so you can get back to feeling good again? Now, now in the game, we're limited with mound visits. And, and you know, yeah. our show's called The Mound Visit. But this, we're limited with mound visits. Do you have, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about that relationship with the pitcher. And I think it's, it's a bond like no other. Um, you know, I know from, from my own experiences, and I'm not sitting here talking about myself, but a lot of the friends that I have, you know, post career are still pitchers, you know, they were pitchers. And I think it's just, like I said, it's a bond like no other, but with how the game has moved into, we're trying to speed everything up and we're trying to create more offense, et cetera, et cetera. With the limit to mound visits, have you created internal cues or external cues, whether it's a hand gesture or something like that with your pitchers, they just know. Like, hey, you know, obviously you don't want to be the pitching coach and feel, hey, get your arm up in position here because, you know, your arm's dragging or something like that. Do you do anything with your pitchers that's kind of, um, you know, just, again, it's, it's that relationship you, with you've built with that one person to say, yeah, hey, this is maybe what we could do to improve this or change the shape. And, and obviously you're probably going to carry that over into the dugout you know, then in the next inning or in the half inning there, but uh, just curious if you, what, what are some of those things if you have those with those pitchers? Yeah, I think um, it's all about communication. It's knowing like, Hey, you go play catch next to a pitcher. Hey, like, what are your keys? Like, what do you need to see in front of you? That will help you notice like, this is what you need to do to throw the ball, how you need to throw it. It, it could be just a tap of the top of the head or like, Hey, stay through it. Or like, stay back like it's that simple but knowing hey what that pitcher needs to see and then it's a cue for him and be like oh okay and then he starts doing it how he wants to but it's all about the simple two-minute conversation with a pitcher you know it's just having just going and being like talking about him pitching and their pitchers like they they love talking about pitching and catchers love it too like that's how it needs to be it you just need to talk about baseball all the time you know that's Baseball players, that's what you do. You talk about baseball to get better. In the clubhouse, are you more of – do you hang out with all the pitchers there or, or is there any uh, anybody else you kind of hang out or play cards with? Or, I think yeah. I think everyone hangs out with each other. You know, a lot of people have family too, so um, it just depends on what kind of night. But a lot of people stay around and hang out and get to know their teammates and everything. And uh, it's important to do that. But – for you know it, we it all comes down to winning you know baseball it's when you start playing good you're all the only thing you're thinking about is winning you know and that, I think that needs to come back around like you need to switch the mindset to just win I feel like you know like when things are going wrong just win let's go have you ever had to jump a pitcher's ass to get get them going or yeah um, yeah I think it's gone I think it's gone both ways too there's been some times where yeah, I think, you know, sometimes when you get on that mound, you're like, okay, you're trying to, you're picturing the hitter in the box. You're like, okay, I really want to start him like this, but I know, like, if you do this. So you're kind of, like, going through a couple of different scenarios, and then, you know, you need to distract yourself and just be, like, convicted on one thing. Just mm -hmm. go. Be convicted. Yeah. So it's like, instead of, like, looking at multiple angles, you, have, you just have to come up there and be like, no, we're doing this. Let's go. Like, or the pitcher needs to do that, you know. I think mm -hmm. it's more important that the pitcher's there, you know. But, yeah, I think a lot of things happen on the mound. I love it. I, and I wish we had 20 mound visits. I would mound visit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we just talk crap. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. How about uh, any, uh, I wouldn't say any feuds or any, you know, conversations that went south with a pitching coach? That, you know, I, I think, uh, again, not to use uh, one of our previous guests examples, but Jan Gomes had said, yeah, if somebody said something to me, it was, I think it was 
calling a fastball or something like that. And Kluber was on the mound calling a fastball. And the guy's like, no, the, the scouting report is saying this. You need to throw this. And he's like, no, I'm sticking with fastball. And I think a home run was hit or something like that. He goes, but I guess Jan said, he goes, I'd stand my ground now. And have you ever had that instance to where you had to kind of stand your ground because you were going with what the pitcher wanted, his strength versus maybe the hitter weakness, and it didn't call for that pitch at that, that time. Yeah. I, to be honest, like – I'm not trying to get it, you in trouble either. But No, like <laughs> I look – you know, pitch calling is very like chess, but it's more educated than, that, than chess, I feel like. And um, you do – like as for me, I'm talking for myself. Like there's a big difference if I'm talking to the pitcher, looking at the hitter while we're having a conversation. Like, yeah, I can go through a three-pitch mix and be like, we can do this, this, this. And or we can go this, this, this. It would be fine. Just make sure you blend that pitch, disguise it. You know what I mean? Like use the same tunnel. I try to talk like that. But or like there's a big difference doing that. And then if I go back behind the plate and then I get in my squad and kind of like see the hitter too, where I could feel something different, you know, like I could like see like if he's a little open a little bit more, if he's a little farther off the plate, like seeing those kind of things, there's more information too. So it's, I think there's a lot with pitch calling. There's a lot of like in the moment, like you go with your gut, but trust it. Like you have to trust yourself. And yeah, like Dion Gomes, like that's a great example. Like he, he was convicted and it didn't work out, but he was still convicted. That's, that's a, that's how you need to be as a catcher with every pitch you put down. So you were a converted infielder. Who would you have credited to say, okay, this person has been the biggest influence on me when it came to calling a game? Or is it a, just a continued process? You're, you know, nobody's obviously has the right answers, but who would you say had the most influence on you in understanding, okay, I just came from, you know, shortstop or second base, and now I'm put back behind the plate, and I'm just throwing numbers down because I think it looks cool or something like that. I don't know, or it feels cool. But yeah, wh where did that all start, I guess? Yeah, I think the first thing, <laughs> I think being an infielder, like I was one of the infielders that I had to see every pitch. I was like, okay, I want, I want to be in this at bat too. So I'm like seeing what they're doing, and um, so I think doing that as an infielder helped me a lot going into catching, um, being in tune with the game. And then I think when I got with Dave Wallace, he really helped with like, okay, learning how to, how to get a starter, like how to get a starter going. You know, you got to establish down away, you got to establish up and in then bring out one off speed then every every out like every time the lineup comes you bring out another pitch you know he really taught me of getting starters going and kind of the principle that you can't do that all the time in this game now that's the thing like yeah i would say like i can't just put one person down because this game's evolving you got to change with it and you got to know how went like what way it's going so i would do a lot with bud black and mike redmond um you know, I, there's been a lot of guys that I just pick brains, even my teammates, you know, I'll have Nolan come up to me and ask me questions and stuff and him holding me accountable. And I love that. Like my teammates, you know, help me out a lot. They teach me so much. Yeah. I think it's a continuum of just learning and evolving and just having a good feel for the game. Yeah, I think it's just interesting, you know, you're playing for a manager that was a pitcher and there's not too many of the managers out there that are former pitchers and I think it's interesting that and and I commend you for saying this because you're going and picking that guy's brain right and you got Mike Redman on the bench who was a former big league catcher and it's a, you got a lot of good support there what are those conversations like with Bud Black I mean is he a, a guy that's hey you should have done this or you should have done that or is he pretty open-minded and says you know I love that or compliments you when you do he uh the, the thing about with Mike and with uh, Bud, like they both are on every pitch. Like they don't take a pitch off. So like us three, like I'm looking at them, like we're in every pitch every time. So like I'll come in the dugout and they'll ask me random questions about this count. What are we thinking here? Like then they can like know my thought process and be and figure out how maybe we should have done this or, you know, we'll kind of go back and forth. And that's how I get my game plan throughout the game. That's how we adjust. And so I, I constantly learn things during games. You know, there's things that you're constantly learning. It's never, 
you're never going to – one day in the, when you're playing, you're not going to stop learning the game. You learn it every every dang game. There's something new going on. So it's like you got to have your ears open and know, like, and see different angles from, angles from it, watch a video, you know, being a good self uh, – self, like knowing yourself and knowing how to improve in situations and uh, always always learn. This game – this game teaches you a lot. All right. So, so with the game that's, you know, it's, it's always changing. It's always evolving. And yep. the trend over the last few years is obviously back when I played, it was more of a east to west setup, you know, working at the corners where now it's almost, almost north to south. It's, there's a lot of, you know, how can I, I throw under the zone and let my catcher go ahead and, and get those pitches. I don't know if you can, you can touch a little bit on, you know, some of the conversations that you might have with the umpires, you know, because, you know, obviously if you get a pitch that's below the zone and you get it for a strike, you're like, damn, that was good. I got that one for a strike. I knew it was a ball. Those guys can't really tell, though, because it's happening so fast. You know, yeah. do you have every, any guys ever say, hey, you know, I gave you that one or that one was a little bit borderline or, you know, the glove's moving too much or, you know, are there any conversations that you've had with the umpires with, with some of the yeah. way that everyone's talking about the bottom bottom of the zone right now. Yeah, it's it's important to have a relationship with the umpire. Um, they're behind you and they're they're trying their hardest to get all the calls. And I think it's your job to have that relationship to see, okay, hey, how can I make your job easier? And that's how you kind of, you know, they're they're doing. You know, you have to make their job easier so you can help them see the ball better. And so being on the same page, knowing, hey, is this too late? is this does this mess you up like if i tap you right here that means i'm going to the left like those little things like help an umpire during a game so it's having and going to him be like hey let me know if anything messes you up or be transparent with me i'm trying to help you i'm trying to get better you know they like that so it's it's just being on the same page with them the communication aspect as a catcher Mm -hmm. you got to be able to to communicate as a catcher do you ever, um, you know, after a pitch, maybe maybe say, hey, I'm going to open up a little bit more? Like if, if you get a pitch in a corner and you thought it was a strike, it doesn't give it to you, do you ever find yourself saying, hey, I'm going to I'm going to open up my shoulders a little more and give you a better view of the glove? You know, or is it yeah, something I've, that you I, I do that a lot. I'll be like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you that pitch better. Hey, like I think that was pretty close. I'm going to give you a better look at it the next time it happens. And, you know, they, they like that. They're like, okay, it's a, they're working hard for it, you know? So it's like. Makes just, them feel important. Yeah. They're good guys. They're all working hard. Have they're you ever uh, had Angel Hernandez behind you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're talking about that, Tony, what would you, you know, with all the changes that they're talking about, you got the, uh, you know, you got the little box on television now that shows everyone the strike zone, which I always thought was funny because the zone is more of a kind of a, a, an area, Circle. not completely defined. Um, but with them talking about going to possible robot umpires, you know, how do you think that might change your approach to setting up or to receiving or trying to get some of these pitches that you're getting right now in the games to help out the pitchers that might not be considered strikes down the road? I'm not going to change probably anything, to be honest. I think I think I need to keep throwing guys out, block guys. I need to catch the ball good. So I think pitchers like to see where it ends up. And I think uh, – and it makes them feel like they can see, okay, that's my right movement. All right. It shows them kind of that circle zone. So I just think you it evolves, but you got to evolve and get better too every year. So. That's my mindset. 1% better every day. Let's talk drills that you like to do. Do you got anything for our listeners, for our younger listeners uh, that, that you did when you first, again, were converted into a catcher? There, were there things that got you to where you are that are still in your toolbox that you might bust out every so often? Or is it just, man, I'm silky smooth. I, I, I feel like I'm Omar Vizquel behind the plate or what? I think for me, ground balls. Ground balls help me out so much. Like I, I think sometimes... I lose athletics, uh, being a- athletic. So I'll get, I'll go take a bunch of ground balls and then I'll feel way better behind the plate. So 
big ground balls for me. That's key. Knowing like where my hips are, like knowing, okay, like when I get into my squat, my first squat I get into, I want my hips to be underneath me. I don't want them to be like super far out and I feel stuck and I can't block or anything. I feel like that's really important, like being very mindful of my first squat and just mm-hmm. being like, hey, I'm going to be in a good posture, knowing my body, where I can be athletic and do whatever I want. But drill-wise, I think I really like uh, – <laughs> we're talking about how I, I need to get out uh, away from picking the ball, but I really like the pick drill. I really like yeah. picking um, and, like, doing my footwork with the pick. Um, I really like uh, our uh, catching quarter, uh, Stritty. He uh, has this drill where we put our heads down. He has a machine. He puts it. You receive or you block. I'll do. I'll do a dozen of those, and I'm like, I'm ready for the game. Like those. Those are awesome. Good to get your eyes ready. I like uh, doing receiving and just walking towards the machine, being very smooth and feeling my body. Uh, doing. I like doing a lot of like weighted ball stuff with my glove and making my making this hand super like uh, strong, making it where I'm like the ball's tiny. Yeah. It's not taking me anywhere. I like doing a lot of stuff like that, but I'm not huge into drills. I'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a guy that just needs to feel his body and do some ground balls, feel athletic. Use any any training gloves or anything like that no. in any of your workouts? No, I haven't. All-Star makes a bunch of cool ones, but I've never really got into it. I, I always just focus on my glove. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a glove freak. I have four gloves, and I, I have them like – constantly like i'm constantly working on a glove so i uh i'm constantly just focused on how the glove feels and if it's not catching it right i'm so mad because <laughs> my locker I'm mad about my glove coming back to my house i'm like Sorry, bad glove day so is there is there one gamer or is it a is it a circulating which everyone feels better that day yeah i have uh usually two gamers i usually have two gamers two guys that i'm like breaking in one's that and then I have one that's like I don't use, but it's I can it's another gamer. It's just like a backup backup and it's really oiled up. So it's just a I have that one and then I'll have a brand new one that I just look at that I'm like, I'm not excited to break you in. Because <laughs> those Mizuno gloves, those Mizuno gloves make you bleed, like pounding with your fist. You're like, dang, take a while to break in. <laughs> the, going back to the where you're taking ground balls. I've seen and I and I've instructed some of the amateur players that I train to use their catcher's mitt when they're like taking ground balls at shortstop. Do you ever do that with your glove? I never take ground balls with the catcher's glove. I always like to pick up my infill glove and it feels so nice and easy. I love that. So I always go out there and try to just make cool plays and stuff. But I never done with the catcher's glove. Now I don't know if this is if this is anywhere, but have you have you ever played in a major league game as an infielder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played uh, shortstop, second, third. I played some uh, right field too. Okay. <laughs> My first time playing, actually, I played left field. First time I played left field, it was in in Houston. We were losing. I don't know. We were losing pretty bad, I think, but. I, I got the first two balls. I caught two balls. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is awesome. <laughs> Weird feeling. You're like, oh, God, don't drop it. Uh. Yeah, I know. Using this 14-inch glove. <laughs> and you're in left field, and it feels like – and I, I've never been to Houston, but just from watching it from afar on TV, it looks like the fans, you know, in that box area are, are yeah. on top of you. And yeah, they're right on top of you. And then you have the bullpen right there. Oh. And so they're all like laughing, talking, talking crap. It's, it's, it was funny. I just want to let you know if you can touch a little bit. Now, 2018 was your – you guys were in the, in the playoffs. That was your first time in the postseason? 2017, we were in the playoffs. 2018 was the second playoffs. Second was playoffs. There. Okay. So if you can kind of touch a little bit about kind of the difference in preparation from regular season to now it's crunch time. Now it's playoffs. Now it's either win or you're going home. You know, how much more in depth are the reports there? How much more um, intense is every pitch, every sign that you put down? I, I, it's for, I feel like this is for me. I feel like whenever I'm talking, I'm like so many guys have different mindsets with everything they do. That's why it's so 
hard to teach it, but from I treat it as my mindset. So it's like preparing my mind, like, hey, it's gonna be a lot louder. Like knowing that beforehand and like you understand it, you can feel it before you even get on the field, knowing that it's gonna you have to like go look at the box just to be like, okay, it's the same it's the same box when you step in the plate, it's the same catcher's box, you know. Just preparing your mind, kind of letting it at ease beforehand. For me, it's more mental. So it'd be fair. So you kind of keep yourself right here. I try to keep there. It's really hard. I have, yeah, I have great guys that examples like Charlie Blackman. You don't know if he's ever mad or sad or anything. Same with you know with Nolan. He's super consistent in story and DJ Mayhew and uh, Daniel Murphy and you know all those guys are so like calm cool and collected and that's how you need to stay in the game and how you can be consistent and how you can when when you need a hit and a go go time that's when you can do it because you you can actually be free you know but i don't think it's something physical and there's not more preparation you know the thing is like when you're in the playoffs you've faced a lot or you've seen these teams play a lot during the year you face these teams a lot so you should know where they're at you know you watch video you see what the team's been doing there it's it's not like it's a different game it's not like they're going to reamp themselves no you should play your same game same preparation keeping your your emotions and everything very just calm cool you don't have to make anything too high too low but just knowing and preparing yourself for it you know you hear guys back in the day jeter he loved playing baseball but he wasn't necessarily a huge fan like maybe an a-rod was and, and you hear this story and i don't know if you've heard this before but a-Rod goes over to Jeter's house and he's like, I, you got the baseball package. He's like, I don't. Uh, are you a baseball fan? And, and if so, are there guys that you, you like watching, you know, uh, kind of your counterparts? Are you saying like, man, I love what he does. That's something that I think I can try and do and it can help improve my game. Yeah, I, um, you know, as I grew up, I, grew, I felt like I grew up in a baseball town. You know, that's all like all my friends. I it's super, I felt like a small town back then, but all I knew was baseball. I came out of high school, went to pro ball, it's baseball. That's all I know. That's all I still know. But um, I've, I've had to learn the hard way, um, you know, with struggling in baseball to where you have to learn how to separate things. You separate your life, you know. You know, you might be in high school listening to this right now or middle school, but you're going to have a wife soon. You're going to have a dog. You're going to have a house and knowing, okay, like, yeah, it's your it, baseball. It's the, the first love of your life. You know, it's your job, but you have to, you have to leave it at the ballpark. You know, you have to learn how to separate it because it's, it's important because it gives you, it gives you the, the, the turn, the on and off switch. Like I was saying, like knowing, okay, I'm on, on the field and then I'm off. Okay. I can take a break and, but, I can, I know how to turn it on again. It's like right when I get in, boom. And that's why like, yeah, my wife and I, we, I think if there's a game on, we'll be like, yeah, let's watch it. Or, but we don't watch, we don't watch sports that much. You know, we're constantly in the mountains hiking with our dog. We have an English setter that has unbelievable amount of energy. And so we're constantly burning our feet out here in Arizona, taking him on walks and he's just (laughs) loving life. But yeah, I just I try to get I try to get away. I, I, that's yeah. why I use nature. I that's why I go mountain biking. I try to use that as my getaway. And then when I'm on the field, I'm totally like I'm locked in. Well, this has been awesome, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm, a lot I'm of fun. down to do these whenever. <laughs> yeah, I love talking baseball. Anything anything else in the in the cards for you? Or you just uh, just hiking away? You you yeah, find- dude. I'm just yeah. I'm working out and. I have a couple places that I go hit at that no one go to, so it's nice. It's all quarantined and everything. Have you are they been catching a few guys? Um, but I feel like I don't know what's going to happen. They'll give all us right. two weeks' notice. Be like, report here. We're going to play baseball probably. So you just got to be ready. Well, we again, we we can't thank you enough. Yeah, appreciate for, it, guys, for taking the time. It's fun. We no love problem. talking baseball. We love talking catching. Yeah. Catching is a different beast. So you now, if you had your choice, right? So you've got your sniff on the infield, and obviously you've probably played more. Well, we know you've played more games behind the plate, but would you ever want to convert to back to an infielder? Uh, I don't know. If I play, 
Oh, if I play for 15 years, maybe the last couple of years I play infield. That'd be cool. <laughs> well, what would you have your choice at? Shortstop or second? Shortstop, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, shortstop is sweet. I always tell story comes in, gets a cool play. I'm like, you're lucky you got that play. <laughs> Gosh, that play looks so awesome. I'm like, dang. Yeah. Nolan <laughs> makes his plays over there. I'm like, dang. He's so nasty over there. I miss all picks everything. <laughs> I, I could just see Tony now practicing blocks where it gets far enough away where you do like a Jeter jump throw to second base. Yes. Guy, yeah? <laughs> yes. 100%. Submarine throws. There you go. Yes. 100%. <laughs> oh, man. Appreciate you guys. I'm do yeah. this stuff. I'm down. Thanks I appreciate again, it, man. You guys stay safe, all right? You too. You, you too, too, Tony. Take care of your Thanks wife. Thanks for coming and, on, man. Take care. And- all right. See you guys. Well, that's a wrap on ending number four. Huge shout out and thanks to Tony for coming on and dropping some serious knowledge about the catching position. We want to wish Tony, his wife, and their families the very best and pray that they are staying safe and healthy through this difficult time. Make sure you connect with us on social media at the mound underscore visit or hit Chris, CJ, or myself up with a DM. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up with any questions you may have or some guests that we would like to try to get on the show. We also want to throw out a shout out to our partners over at All Star Sports. They have you covered with all things catching. All right, everybody, please stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll catch you real soon.